Hey, everybody. Have you considered starting a podcast? We here at Screwball give Podbean a high level of recommendation. Podbean has given us the ability to easily bring you Screwball each and every week on all of your favorite podcast services. Use the link podbean.com slash screwball to sign up and save up to 35% annually. You can also use the link podbean.com slash pro slash screwball to sign up for a business subscription. Happy podcasting. Hey everybody, welcome back to Screwball, a baseball podcast, your home for everything baseball. I'm your host, Mike LaPree, here with my co-host, Frank White. Hey, how's it going? This is our second episode of our bi-weekly top 10 series that we're doing. Uh, last week, we covered the best starting pitchers and best relievers of all time. This week, we're going to cover the best DHs of all time, the best catchers of all time, and the best first baseman of all time. Now, last week was kind of our uh, inaugural episode into doing this, so the way we did it last week was we kind of read off everyone uh, each other's lists, uh, went 10, and then Frank's 10, my 9, his 9, and, and back and forth and went uh, through the whole list. But this week, we're going to change it up a little bit, and we're going to run through, I'm going to run through my top 10 list. He's going to run through his top 10 list and we'll kind of discuss and uh, in between, you know, we'll, we'll discuss each player and, you know, anyone that we think is worth mentioning, some honorable mentions we still got. So I think we should start with... Well, well before you get into it, I just want to also mention that with these position players, we went by uh, what position they played the most games at, That's true, what they're yeah. most memorable for, what position they're known for. Um, so in, in outfield-wise, uh, we went by if you played more of your games in total outfield then we marked you as an outfielder. We would mark you at your outfield position you played the most. So if you played left field more than you played right field, then you'd be a left fielder. But as long as you had more games, total outfield, you're listed as an outfielder. So some of these guys, you know, they could be on different lists. In some places you'll look, but this is where most lists, the majority of the time, this is where they're going to be. Um, and then, uh, especially DH-wise, we went by, uh, you know, um, if you DH'd more at the position than at, you know, let's say first base or outfield. So some of them, like I said, some lists might have them at different positions, but I would say most lists and most of the time, this is where the positions they should be ranked at. So don't be surprised if you see some guys, you know, they might not be, oh, well, he kind of played more first, but he's known for left field, and we're going to put him left field, something like that. Yeah. So just, you know, take that, you know, make a note of that. Yeah, like, for example, we have Jim Tomey on our first base uh, considerations, but if you look at a lot of lists, he's on DH lists as well. So for our personal list, we have him at first, um, another big one is uh, Stan Musial. We'll save him for another list. He's not going to be on our first. We didn't consider him for yeah. first. He's considered Pete for Rose. Guys like that, you're going to have yeah. to, you know, you, you kind of put them, you know, where they're, where they're known for and, and stuff like that. So we tried being more uh, straight up, you know, because a lot of players, you can kind of put them at first base because they ended their careers there or something. But what are they known for? What's their prime position? That's what we kind of tried going by. Yeah. You'll see as we do more lists, there's some players that you could kind of throw in two, maybe even three different positions, but we're, we got to peg them down to one, you know, and it's, it could be different for, if you look up a list online, it could be completely different. So this is just for our personal, what we think is more rankable. So we're going to start with DHs. Um, he kind of has no numerical position really. Um, so we figured to start there and there's, I mean, in my opinion, you know, there's less legends and real bona fide like hall of famers on the dh list and there is obviously the catching and first base list there's there's quite a few legends on those lists but um to start with the dh list i'll just uh throw off uh, my three honorable mentions real quick jason giambi is my favorite player of all time so i had to throw him on there uh cecil fielder and hideki matsui there's obviously more especially modern dhs you could throw on there but maybe that could be a list made in a few years so my number 10 DH of all time is Jose Canseco. My number nine is Hal McRae. Number eight 
is Don Baylor. Number seven, Victor Martinez. Number six, Chili Davis. Number five, Harold Baines. Number four, Paul Molitor. Number three, which might be controversial for some people, David Ortiz. Number two, Frank Thomas. And number one, Edgar Martinez. Now, just real quick, because I'm going to let Frank get into his top ten. You know, there's the DH position. If you look at my top ten here, there's not a, um, I'd say really only your top three or four household names, you know, to the just the average baseball fan. But in my opinion, Edgar Martinez is, is the best DH, 300, 400, was it 300, 400, 500? Or, yeah, that's my favorite stat with Edgar Martinez. Yeah, I mean, that stat alone for me yeah, is... There's only, is, what, 10 guys, 12 guys who ever done that? Yeah, yeah, so a pretty exclusive club. And uh, when you think DH, I mean, you, you could even argue that the modern DH isn't what it is without Edgar Martinez. I mean, guy was A, he was clutch. B, he did play, uh, even though it doesn't really matter in a DH position, but he did play defense, and he did play it pretty well, um, at least, you know. The uh, you know the counter argument is always David Ortiz, where David Ortiz really didn't play defense and really wasn't good at it, in my opinion. So yeah, <laughs> there's a story with David Ortiz. He once played first base for the Red Sox and recorded zero putouts in a game, which is like at first base. I think it's only one of the I think it was like the first time or second time since 1900. Yeah, that's ever been done. I just don't even know. <laughs> well, that's all you gotta do is catch the ball over there. You yeah, put out. So he didn't do that. It was, it was first or second time. Ever, yeah, and it was, of course it was big poppy. I mean, I'm not that saying that's he's not a good defender, but just seems that's how it went. Yeah, I just said lucky that way, but he's just that's I don't know, makes sense. Yeah, and that's always a story or a stat that I've seen. And it was like that's just that's well, just, that just pretty much explains his career. Yeah, which is why I have him, you know, at number three. I don't have him because really the debate is one and two, him and Edgar. But um, for our list, we put Frank Thomas. Uh, DH consideration, and if you're asking me which DH do I want, Frank Thomas or David Ortiz, I'm taking Frank Thomas. I mean, it's yeah. just that just is what it is. I think reason, he was a better player. The reason you put yeah, Frank Thomas as DH is because he played more than 50% of his games at DH. Yeah. Not that anyone... And people try to deny that. It's there. Just mm-hmm. like Frank Thomas really is your first DH ever elected in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. He played more of his games at DH. He went in as a first baseman, but more of his games were at DH than he was at first base. Yeah. So that's just... Uh, People don't really think about that, but he kind of uh, broke the DH seal, I guess, yeah. in, the, in the Hall of Fame, even though he, he, they don't consider him. He did, but he really did. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, some other guys, I think Victor Martinez gets criminally uh, underrated. Um, I have him on my top 10. I'm not necessarily saying that everyone should have him on his top on their top 10, but uh, switch hitter, fantastic war, really good hitting DH. Obviously, he did catch in, in other positions. He played first, but... Man, I mean, first of all, being a switch hitter is really valuable. Having a high average for your career is very valuable. I think that Victor Martinez was just an outstanding player. Some other guys like Paul Molitor, I know that's kind of an, a little bit more of an obvious choice, but Paul Molitor, great career, great average, great war. A lot, a lot of my consideration does go into war, you know, because, you know, if you have a higher war defensively, then that's just, I mean, um, if you have a higher war at DH, then offensively you had to have been just that good, you know, because then you're just overriding all the all the... Uh, fielding uh, stuff, but yeah, some just throwing guys out there, Chili Davis, Don Baylor, Al McRae, Jose Canseco, these guys all had great stats. The reason Jose Canseco I have at 10, not quite as high as the, the steroid stuff, and he's just a big goofball. Off the field issues. <laughs> yeah, so he, for me, uh, you know, I think stat-wise, if I was going purely off stat and not the guy, I think that I, he probably would put, be higher on my list, but, you know, it's just, it's like the same thing I made with Roger Clemens uh, two weeks ago with 
you know, the, the steroid stuff is even though he never technically tested negative, it just, I don't feel right putting him above guys that did everything a hundred. Well, you can't say a hundred percent legitimately, but more documented likely. more yeah, legitimately. So yeah. that's my top 10 list. Uh, I think me and Frank do have some similarities, um, yeah. but the bottom of the list is I think quite what? a bit different. Yeah. yeah. Just to start, I have some honorable mentions here. I usually go get a couple more than Mike goes into, but, um, some of them we already heard are on Mike's list. Uh, uh, Hal McRae, Don Baylor, Matsui, <clears throat> Adeki Matsui, I should say, Victor Martinez, fantastic. You mentioned him before, switch hitter. I think he does get not a lot of credit. He was, people, you know, I uh, think the Tigers lineup for, for many years there was, was Miggy. Victor Martinez was just as important, ju- at least just as important as, as Miggy was. Hell yeah. In that lineup. Switch hitter, clutch hitter, drove in runs, high average, always came up in a big spot. And yeah. And just... Smooth, consistent, all the time. Um, so I got him on there. Of course. Adam Dunn. <laughs> and not just, you know, if you go look at his stats, he, he, I don't think he DH'd more than he, than he played other positions because he DH'd more, you know, when he got to the American League. Mm. Um, but, you know, if I, I'm not going to be able to sneak him in anywhere else. So I had to put him in on here. Mm. And um, another reason I did want to put him on here is because the day and age we are in baseball, he was the king of the true three outcomes. Yeah. And that's where we are. So he was kind of the starter of that, mm. if you like it or you don't. So he kind of impacted the game that way. Yeah, they consider him like the, the granddaddy of that stuff. So, yeah. you know. So, got had to put him on here. Mm. He's my boy. So, he had a ball from Ohio, Cincinnati, into Kentucky. So, <laughs> only guy ever, different state. So Come on. Look it up. <laughs> my boy right there. So, uh, next one I want to mention, Mike Sweeney. That's my... Mike loved him because I think his name was Mike. Yeah, I was a kid and I was like, his name's Mike. Yeah, his name's actually Mike. He used to just come up as Mike. Right there, Mike. So, but really a good player. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the best pinch hit players of all time. Mm-hmm. Need a hit? He could be sleeping. Wake him up. Base hit. Yep. Way dead. 300 career <laughs> lifetime hitter. It was pretty damn good. We had terrible teams with the Royals. Yeah, that, that was really bad Royal teams. Those, yeah. those were bad teams. He was always there. <clears throat> and my last honorable mention I wanted to mention. Ron Bloomberg, and that's because he's the first DH of all time. Yeah. He was the, the originator of the DH, so I had to throw him on there. Sure. But to get into my list, number 10, I put Dave Kingman. It's a good pick. Because, you know, he was like the righty Adam Dunn, and he just mashed the ball, and he was a maniac. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Chili Davis. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Harold Baines. Um, Harold Baines is actually, you know, a lot of people consider him one of the best DHs. The reason I put him eight is because... Without this recent Hall of Fame induction, which he definitely deserved, well, definitely deserved because he waited so such a long time and got voted in. Mm. I, I think people forget about him. Sure. Without this Hall of Fame value, you don't really hear Errol Baines ever. So I think that's why I kind of lowered him to eight compared to where you could have easily put him. Mm. Uh, number seven. What else is there to say? Jason Giambi. Good. I put him there. Uh, I know the steroids and stuff, but he cleaned up his image over his end of his career. Uh, impactful impact to the game with the young players and still the possibility of managing. And his numbers, those couple of years there, even though he was kind of playing first base with the A's and the Yankees, he was MVP. Yeah. High average, always walked. He was just really, really good. Yeah. So I, I had to put him on there, even though the steroid. Yeah, his uh, peak years are uh, what I, if you were to do a peak year list, I mean, his peak years have got to be up there. Yeah. You know? and, and he cleaned up his image and, and stuff like that. And it's a DH list, you know. It's a, something where it's a, the position isn't real deep yet. So, you know, you could put him on there as of now. Mm-hmm. Number six, put Paul Molitor. You already kind of said about him. He was just a great hitter for yeah. a long time. Longevity was great for him. He had a really high war, like 80 or something like yeah. that. He well, he's always hit. Yeah. 
Just always hitting. Mm-hmm. You know? Number five, Cecil Fielder. And I got Cecil on here because he didn't play that long, but he DH'd. That's what he did. But those five, six years, though, he was just really... Oh, he just smashed the ball. He sure did. Came up. He knew what he was doing. Just come swing for the hills, crush the ball, big goofy, you know, look on his face. Just kind of epitomized the DH look. So, yeah. put him on there. Sure. Number four, I got Jose Canseco. And I know the steroids, again, allegations, and if he took them or not, and, and off-the-field stuff like the... I think he went like a year trying to tell people that he blew his fingers off on his hand, mm-hmm. but he didn't. I'm not quite sure where he, his end goal was or what he was trying to get in there, but um, the stuff he used to say, you know, he could hit a softball farther than Judge could hit a baseball. I, I'm not sure uh, if he could. I don't, I'm sure I'm sure it could get pretty close, but I'm not sure. He always has to be in the news. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, he's always been that way. But he was designed to be a DH. Oh, yeah. And he just mashed the ball on his, if he's on steroids or not, upper decks and everything. And obviously, the reason I put him at DH because what's this memorable fielding moment? The ball hit him in the head. So, yeah. obviously, he wasn't very good at there. Yeah, not much to talk about there. Yeah. Number three, David Ortiz. That's what he did. He's, you know, he's DH. Mm-hmm. Number two, Frank Thomas, the big hurt. Um, arguably one of the best hitters of all time. And obviously, put him more at DH. Fantastic. And Edgar Martinez, I got number one. Edgar Martinez is one of my favorite players of all time. I rooted for him to get in the Hall of Fame. I would tweet stuff for him to get in the Hall of Fame. I'd retweet stuff to get in the Hall of Fame. I would tell Mike that he should be in the Hall of Fame, like Mike had a vote or something. I'd always <laughs> tell him that he needed to be in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the best hitters to play baseball in the last 50, 60 years. If you had to make a top 10 hitters list in the last 50 years, he's on the top 10. Top 10 hitters all time, you could probably put him somewhere. Maybe not top 10, but you could argue him up there. Oh, yeah. 300, 400, 500. Always came up with big hits. <clears throat> Asked Mo. Couldn't hit him. Couldn't stop him. Couldn't stop him. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what they say for any other player. And they say it with Big Poppy for some reason. Edgar Martinez saved baseball in Seattle. Yeah. Not Ken Griffey. Not Randy Johnson. Not A-Rod. Edgar Martinez. Who got the hit? In 95. Who always hit. He was the man. Did what he needed to do all the time. So And sure. the DH award named after who? Edgar Martinez. You don't get the award named after you unless you're the best. Mm-hmm. Not the Big Poppy Award. It's the Edgar Martinez DH Award. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got him number one. Yeah, I think that's the biggest... Uh, did you think about DH list? I didn't even know. I couldn't think of more than like four or five guys when I was doing the list. But the, the it's always between Ortiz and and, uh, and Edgar. And me and, and you and, have and always... Frank Thomas, if you consider him a DH. That's a, yeah, if you consider him a DH, which we do... Uh, I think that he he, could easily he, be he wedges yeah he he wedges right in between them. I think that he is better than Ortiz. Yeah. Um. And you know Ortiz does have steroid allegations. So you do have to consider that. And Frank Thomas was straight. Yeah. Straight across. And the big hurt. Yeah. I mean. Great nickname. And we you know Edgar Martinez is kind of like maybe you could even compare him to like like DJ LeMay who you compare to him where he's just no matter that style of hitting like never goes away. You know what I mean? Like that and, style of hitting always is, even when you're 38 years old. He exactly. Was yeah. So. I mean, granted, you know, Ortiz did have good seasons as he got older. Frank Thomas had good seasons when he got older. But, I mean, that style of hitting Edgar Martinez have is just, like you said, you consider him one of the best hitters of all, you could consider him one of the best hitters of all time, and I do. I wouldn't necessarily, like you said, maybe put him top 10 anywhere in there because there's a lot a lot of great hitters all time. Well, but that's 50 years. Yeah. It's hard to keep him off. Mm-hmm. 300, 400, 500. Only, I think, 12 guys or 8 guys ever done that. Yeah. 300 average, 400 on base, 500 slugging to, to you know, explain it a little bit more. Oh, he only had DH. He only did. Doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter. Okay, he was the, he, he was the best at it. It's just like reliever and closers. Oh, you know what do we do with him? Well, there's a handful of guys who are, are almost you know they're, they're the best at it. Yeah. So that's you know you got to give them their credit, and that's what he did. 
Mm. He always hit, no matter what, and hit the greatest of pitchers. He, you know, he hit Mo all the time. He always came up with big, big hits. That, that's yeah. I think he was like a. I, I think his lifetime average in like the seventh inning or later was like a 345 average or something like that. I think it was something more 330. It was it was up there for mm. for that seventh inning or later. That's obviously the biggest biggest parts of the game. Mm. And he played on some teams that weren't so great with the Mariners. He played on some good Mariner teams. Oh yeah, but he was yeah. played some some not so good Mariner teams. Yeah, sure. So you know, and you know for me, you know I do consider WAR um, when I'm making this list and. I just, you know, Ortiz, if you really look at Ortiz's stats, I mean, yeah, he's got the five, like 550 home runs, something like that, which is great. That's, that's a fantastic stat. But other than that, his average isn't, you know, he's in the two eighties. I'm pretty sure two seventies is pretty good. His wars in the fifties. It's not, you know, I mean, look at Paul Mulder's in the eight in 80, I think. So, you know, you consider that you consider, you know, uh, let's just get right down to it. The bit of defense he played was not good. Yeah. Terrible base runner. Mm-hmm. No speed in the base. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I don't want to, you know, be this guy all the time, but take him out of Fenway and give me his stats. If you want to use that argument for Colorado, then you got to use him for all Yankee Stadium too. But you got to use it for Fenway too. Because if you're a lefty, you can hit a ball 110 feet to the left field and you're getting a base hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, Wade Boggs used to say you know, he loved it. He used to use it all the time. Your Stremskis, those guys like that used to just pepper the ball off the wall because it's not that far out there. Yeah, you know, It says 210 or whatever. It's about 110. You're mm-hmm. lucky. So take him out of there. If you want to use that, you're one of those people who say, oh, Colorado enhances your stats. And Fenway, Yankee Stadium, those stadiums definitely enhance your stats. Oh, so yeah. use that stat yeah. against them. Where does that put them? Imagine all the doubles that got taken away off the off the or monster runs. and home runs. And off hits the, yeah. and, and average and RBIs and everything that gets taken off. Yeah. yeah. You know, And then you can say, oh, well, there's away games. Well, there's away games you get to go play at Baltimore. Or New York. And Yankee Stadium. Yeah. You know, and, and not, not for nothing, you know, Tampa Bay is not a... You know, it's kind of in the middle of the pack, and Toronto in the middle of the pack. So, I mean, he wasn't playing at these hard, you know, stadiums to go hit at. No, it wasn't like he was playing in San Fran, you know? Yeah, San Fran, or, you know, he wasn't going playing at, you know, Old Houston, 430 feet in dead center field, you know? Yeah. Regularly with the wind blowing in, you know? So, if, you want to, if you're one of those people that want to use the stadium thing, you got to take that into effect, too. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to crap on Ortiz. He was a great hitter. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and act like he's not my number three. Yeah. But uh, it's just I'm making the case more for Edgar is is what you know I'm trying yeah. to say. And what's his war? Do you have his war? Who uh, Edgar Martinez? Edgar Martinez. I'll look it up right now. I think uh, if I'm 60, if I'm not mistaken, 63, 65, something like that. If I'm not mistaken, Ortiz's was in the 50s, and Edgar Martinez is pushing 70, 68.4. So you know, and, and he had and three. He was a little bit better runner and mm-hmm. a little bit better defender. So that's going to help, even though they're DHs. That's going to help compared to Ortiz's. Yeah, and he played a little bit. I wouldn't say more difficult of position, but he played a corner infield position. I believe he played, let's say he played third. So, you know, a little bit more of a, maybe a taxing position. You got to use your arm, you know, more often than first baseman. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I believe too, I think it was a story with him, uh, with Ken Griffey. And he used to, they said, uh, Edgar Martinez, I believe he used to take batting practice around a batting practice every day or whatever he did with the donut on the bat. Uh, I couldn't remember if it was like the like two donuts and you hit the ball between the two donuts. I don't remember. I don't mm-hmm. think it was that. I'm pretty sure he put the donut on the bat and he'd hit the ball on the donut to right field. Mm-hmm. And that was his, that was his, his like a, uh, his session. Mm-hmm. He would sit there with the donut on the bat. Boom. Base hit off the donut. Boom. Base off the donut. That's that hand eye coordination on the, Ken Griffey said he would try and he couldn't, he would always do would barely roll over the ball at shortstop or something because of the weight of the bat and then the motion. Yeah, he just... was able to hit that ball on the donut and shoot it to right field. I mean, the hand-eye coordination he has. And he's still in the game. Yeah. Hitting coach uh, recently. Um, so his impact in the game, and even as a uh, Dominican or Latino player, I'm not sure exactly his 
his yeah, origin, he's, but he's, he's some sort of uh, Latin player or yeah. Dominican. Um, so that's also a, a big impact as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, he, you know, it's a shame how long it took for him to get in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, I'm glad he is in there now because he surely would have gotten in in the, the other voting, uh, the modern league or whatever, they, the modern committee, whatever that position, is. If he he would have been in probably first or second round. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have a bunch of hits <clears> or a bunch of home runs, but... <laughs> 300 400 500 I mean I mean guys could say that you know but yeah less than fucking you know 0.01 percent or whatever could say that they did that yeah which yeah you consider all baseball players ever and only him and like 10 other guys can say that that's pretty good <laughs> so that's that's my DH list that's Frank's DH list uh we got Edgar number one Frank Thomas number two and Ortiz at three that's both of our lists so uh after that it gets a little a little bit more muddy but I think there's a me and you have a general consensus kind of all three of these lists at least if it's not the same it's we kind of like sprinkle in the same top three or four. So why don't we move on to what would be next numerically from the pitchers is the catcher, the number two position on the field. This list, I, I, I had a tough time with one and two. I ultimately came to the number one that I think a lot of people come to the conclusion of, Um, but I'll give my case as to why I did have a hard time once I get to it. So my top catchers of all time, let me give my honorable mentions first. I got four of them and there's obviously more, but that Frank will get into, but, uh, you know, I usually just keep it a little three, four, five. Roy Campanella, uh, Buster Posey, Joe Torre, and Jorge Posada. Uh, Jorge Posada may surprise some people because I think Roy Campanella, Posey, and Torre you kind of find on some lists. Yeah, and, you're a Yankee fan. No, yeah. no. That's not the reason, though. You're going to get into it right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both kind of – I mean, Jorge, I wouldn't put him on my top ten. I think it would be a pretty extreme to put him on anyone's top ten. But, but you know, it matters what, you're, what, you're, what you look at. I'm not saying he should be on top ten, nor do I have him on top ten. Mm-hmm. But it matters what you look at. Yeah. Because you look at postseason success, a switch hitter, then you can, you know, you know, you can argue him. Yeah. That's pretty much what you're going to say right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly it. He's got five World Series. He was a switch hitter. Switch hitter stat. If you're a switch hitter and you got good stats with Jorge did have pretty good stats. And he always caught. Yeah. He always caught. What do you have? One year, maybe two. Yeah, towards he, the end. played DH. Yeah, kind of towards the end of his career where he didn't really, you know, obviously your legs go yeah. you know, after a while. And defensively, he was... I think average. Yeah, he was a good catcher. Yeah, and he had some injuries early when the guy uh, trucked him at the plate really hurt his arm. Yeah. Um, but really, he was an average catcher mm-hmm. defensively, and then offensively, he was above average. Yeah, and so, obviously, I, I believe he fell off the ballot for Hall of Fame, which uh, yeah. Hall of Famer, you know, is he a Yankee Hall of Famer? Yeah, but is he a Hall of Famer? If he wasn't Probably a switch not. hitting catcher, mm-hmm. I don't think you could really make much of a case. Mm-hmm. But as a switch hitting catcher, with his offensive stats, you can go... Oh, yeah. make a case postseason success um, everything considered yeah you know one of the reasons we talk about him want to talk about him a little bit here is because that is one of uh our buddy dom's uh favorite players yeah um and he really likes him and i think he even argued that you could maybe put him at the bottom of a top 10 list but he even kind of knew um, yeah kind of his place yeah um so that's why we kind of want to mention him a little bit here um yeah plus you'll see our top 10s you'll see why you can't it's kind of hard to make room for him yeah but my top 10 starting obviously from 10 to 1 is number 10 yadier molina Number nine is Bill Dickey. Number eight is Joe Maurer. Number seven is Mickey Cochran. Number six is Carlton Fisk. Number five is Gary Carter. Number four is Mike Piazza. Number three is Pudge. Number two is Yogi Berra. And number one is Johnny Bench. Now, real quick before I... What? Ray Shock. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, fuck no, he's not, no, unless no. you only, you only care about defense, he's, even then you can put him 10, <laughs> I, I see him like 22 on a list, I deleted the list, I'm like, get out of here, oh okay. yeah, I, I did see him on one of the like longer, like top 100 lists, I saw him, and I was like, nope, 
I see him forties. I'm like, okay, yeah. All right. And I see him twenty something. I'm like, no. Yeah, no. Don't no even way. start with me. No, two forty <laughs> average. All famer though. All famer, so. Um, so <laughs> let me start at some glaring. Uh, obviously, <laughs> no, I just can't with Ray Sharks. No, but no, no. Let me get into my list here real quick. So let me start obviously my top two. Uh, I did alternate between Barra and Bench a little bit because. Um, if you look at their stats, they're almost identical. I'm going to be honest. Uh, Yogi Berra did have a better average. I think that's one of the more glaring and the, and the championships, Frank just threw up the, the 10 finger, uh, (laughs) 10 finger waggle. But yeah, Berra had obviously more, um, world series, obviously he's one of the winningest players, managers, whatever, you know, in all of sports. Yeah. So you can't take that away from him. So you had that, uh, he had a, a big difference in average. I think bench only had like a 260 average for his career. Uh, which for a catcher is is pretty uh, like I admissible. Think the end of Bench's career kind of hurt that average though a little bit. Yeah, because I think for the most part he was like a two high two seventy two eighty average for most of his career. I think the end mm-hmm. of his career kind of hurt a little bit. But obviously it's a stats though, so you got to take him. Yeah, that's a stat. You but, can't take it away from him. Exactly. And there were two main reasons for my putting Bench at number one, Barrett number two. This I don't even know if this is even a controversial thing because I think most people have Bench at number one. But my big thing was looking at WAR. Bench is, I think Johnny Bench had an eight. 80 points higher war and was in my opinion leagues above Barrett defensively especially uh he played a little further you know closer to modern era so it might be a little bit more um you know different play style than Barrett had to you know endure and plus Barrett did play different positions um well, so that might have they both kind of played yeah I was just gonna say that they both had versatility yeah I mean Bill Mazarowski's home run went right over Yogi's head in left field yeah so which people I don't know I don't even know if people know that much but yeah, the big two big differences for me was bench. I think is more of like, you know, you talk to people like maybe mine and Frank's dad. My dad in particular, the reason he played catcher was because of Johnny Bench, and he wasn't even a Reds fan; he was a Yankee fan. So I think that goes universally to that generation and further generations down. I think Johnny Bench really is like that iconic catcher. Even though Yogi Berra, obviously everyone knows Yogi Berra and his Yogiisms and stuff like that, and the winning ways of Yogi. But for the reasons of of the high war and the the catching you know, prowess. And I think that just Johnny bench, especially defensively is just like Mr. Catcher at this point. I think that he's for me, he, I'd put him at number one, but some other guys just to get into real quick. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to let Frank get into his uh, top 10 is uh pudge and Piazza at three and four. Um, both of them played through the steroid era. And obviously they have the questions of the steroid stuff. And you look at both their stats statistically. It's like I said, with Canseco, you know, you, I didn't put Conseco high because of the stuff, but but Pudge and Piazza had, I think, well, you would think less of the steroid uh, aura around them. Pudge more so than Piazza, I think. But, man, Pudge's stats are pretty ridiculous defensively and offensively. Uh, War-wise, he's very high in war. I think he is just a little bit behind, like 10 points behind bench. Piazza, you uh, a lot of people make the argument he's the best offensive catcher of all time, while average to below average defensively. Um, but Piazza's offensive stats carry his war very high, and he had a very good uh, offensive career. Gary Carter and Carlton Fisk are my next two, uh, both guys that are iconic catchers. Carlton Fisk maybe even more iconic, uh, but Gary Carter had, a, I believe he had a better war, and I believe he had a better average to end his career, although statistically I believe they were kind of close. And then just uh, you know, two guys I want to get into, Joe Mauer and Yachty. Uh, Joe Mauer just recently retiring, and Yachty still playing. Um, Yachty, I, I have at number 10 because his war is a little low and I think his career's, you know, he's still got some time to play. And I think that with time, I think by the time he retires, I think he will be higher, but Yachty overall statistically doesn't wow me as much as some of these guys, uh, at number eight, Joe Maurer, he does have a higher war than Yachty. 
has a higher average in Yachty and all that stuff. Mauer, though, was kind of plagued. The reason I have him kind of low, some people might not, not even have him in the top 10, but I have an eight because uh, the end of his career kind of hurt his case, you know, for, for a higher bid on the catching list. You know, you're, you're in between guys like Mickey Cochran and Bill Dickey on my list who have very high wars and uh, although played in, in kind of a bygone era of baseball now, but man, they had like 50, 60 some wars, had three twelve averages. I mean, they were very good. But in a modern era like this, where the catching position is almost kind of phasing towards a more of a platoon role, Yachty and, and Maurer are, uh, you got to have Yachty on your list, in my opinion. And Maurer, I think I could see going either way, is how I'm feeling. Maurer, um, I'm going to talk about him a little bit here, because <clears throat> I have him as one of my honorable mentions. Uh, Maurer, as a catcher, had good numbers. Mm. Once you moved him to first in DH, his numbers were almost useless at those mm-hmm. two positions because you, you take the average and what their expected numbers are supposed to be at those positions. He just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. As a catcher, you had great numbers. Um, you didn't catch for all that long because of injuries and moving him and wanting to keep his offense and his offense fell apart. Yeah, he, he was he was very good for, for a five, six period, seven-year period, seven year period. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, he went MVP twice or something like that? Yeah. You know, he never... One of the better catchers right there. Mm-hmm. But it was a short five years spurt of it so that's why you kind of put you know Maurer it's kind of hard to put somewhere but anyway I get into my honorable mentions I'm going to start off the the mess here right, right off the bat my first honorable mention is actually Piazza yeah. I have him off my top 10 list and I want to get into it because you know we got some Mets fans yeah. I'm sure that listen so yeah. the reason I got Piazza at, and I'm going to say I got him at 11 it's not like I got him like, oh he's honorable mention he could be 15 no he's 11 he's mm. 11 and the reason for that is one, he's, he's, he's minus defensive run saved in his career as a, as, a, as a catcher, which is supposed to be a defensive-dominated position. Not, not saying that you have to be only defense. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But you got to be a good – you play touching the ball every single pitch. You're making every single call. Literally. you got to be good. And he was below. Steroids. He's intertwined with that for his whole life. It's going to be. This is how it is. Um, offensively, he's one of the better hitting catchers. You put him probably top three hitting catchers, maybe at least top five. Defensively really hurts him, I think. And then the, the, the little bit of steroids that swirl around him, um, I think, messed with his career. But mm-hmm. um, the story's great, you know, getting drafted like 1999th pick or something crazy the, like the that. The literal last pick in Be- the 60th round or because, something. Because, you know, Lasorda knew his father and owed him, you know, something. Um, the home run, you know, the 9-11 home run. The Clemens whipping the bat at him. You know, mm-hmm. Clemens hitting him, knocking him out. Yeah. Um, the moments he was involved in are iconic to mm-hmm. baseball. One of the greatest Mets of all time. I just think defense really hurts him, and the, stero- <clears throat> the steroids surrounding him hurt him. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I understand why you could put him, you know, I don't think one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, th- you know, even three, mm-hmm. four or five, anywhere near, I, I can understand it. I was arguing maybe putting him like, you know, nine or eight, nine, maybe not eight, but nine or ten, I was arguing putting him. But I just, something just, just told me, I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. just didn't feel right yeah. for some reason. That's why I got him as, as 11, essentially, on my list here. So... You know, I know a lot of Mets fans and people are probably a little crazy about that, but you know, I just wanted to get into it a little bit. Um, and similar, I kind of talked about with Pedro, even why I kind of left Pedro off my pitchers list. It's just you have that weird feeling for me, at least. So just wanted to mention mention that there. My next honorable mentions though, uh, Joe Torre, uh, Maurer again, uh, Benito Santiago. I don't think people give him as much credit as they should. A mm. long, very long career. Yes. Um, Mickey Cochran, who Mike mentioned, uh, Ted Simmons who uh very good defensive catcher and caught some unbelievable pitchers in his lifetime. Yeah, that's a good one. And Bob Boone. 
I know Bob Boone's really probably not, you know, top 20 even, but had some of the most games caught as a catcher. Um, the toughness is kind of uh, surround. You know, he was defined catching. He kind of, you know, made it look like he was, mm-hmm. or uh, made people think, okay, that's a catcher. We all kind of know that. Um, so I always wanted to kind of mention Bob Boone because he actually had a pr- pretty good career as well. But to get to my top 10 list, number 10, I have Elson Howard. The reason for that, Elson Howard's a fantastic catcher. Um, the first uh, African-American Yankee. Yep. Um, he also was with the Yankee organization for a long time. Broke up the Billy Martin, Reggie Jackson fight in the dugout. Yeah. Um, but Elson Howard was a very good catcher. Sure and, was. You know, I, I think he's, uh, it's a good spot for him, number 10 there. Yeah. Number nine, Thurman Munson. No, this is not a Yankee <laughs> catching list. But number nine, Thurman Munson. Um, I don't want to get into, well, if and if and if and what happens and if this happened. I don't want to get into that too much. Thurman Munson's career, where where it stopped, he was one of the best catchers to play yeah, baseball. Sure was. MVP, World Series. Again, if you don't look at Bench and say that he's the, the image, the definition of catcher, it's Thurman. Yeah. The mustache, the toughness, the dirt flying around, getting ran over at the plate and getting up and throwing the ball, doesn't matter. You know, the newspapers with the Bronx Zoo, you, you know, used to be, and, and the images of him. He was just a steady force for the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, and almost like a calm to the Bronx Zoo, to the craziness. Sure. So, but if you do want to get into the little bit of ifs, his career, he's probably a top three catcher of all time if he was able to play out another four or five years of his career. Probably, yeah. But uh, I got Thurman nine, and I think he, <clears throat> a lot of people, they want him in the Hall of Fame. I don't know where I'm at with that. But, yeah. you know, I'll give him this. I'll give him, you know, he's one of the best catchers. Yeah. Number eight, I got Pudge. I hate Pudge. I know you do. I really don't like him. Um, and the reason is is because the argument that he didn't take steroids, I think, is is laughable. I don't think how you could look at him and say he wasn't on steroids is beyond me. It's like trying to tell me Barry Bonds wasn't on steroids. Yeah, he's a big boy. <laughs> you know, his head swelled up, you know, 10 sizes. Yeah. You know, Pudge was on steroids. That's why I thought. I always did. He was a bowling ball. Five foot tall, you know, looked like a, you know. Uh, like Grolem from Pokemon. He would run out there catching, you know. Um, I think his stats got helped at the end of his career by just playing till he was 50 years old, just jumping on teams. But Pudge had, if you look at his numbers, he had great numbers. Defensively, he's going to always be one of the best defensive catchers. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you do, you're going to give him that. But with the steroid stuff around him, I just, I never, I know not with Pudge. <clears throat> and I never felt like, you know what, I need Pudge to make mm. this team good because he never was really on a good team. The Rangers a lot. That doesn't help. Yeah. You know? So I never felt like it, that's our missing piece. We got to get Pudge compared mm-hmm. to some of these other guys who are on here. Mm-hmm. So uh, great intensity. Um, and he was a he was a really good player. I just, uh, that steroid thing always always bothered me. That's what really what made me kind of dislike him was like, hey, oh, he's not on steroids. It was like the, the easy saying that he wasn't on steroids. It's like, mm-hmm. how? How could you say that? Nah, that's where I am with Pudge, though. So. <laughs> got him eight. So whatever. <laughs> Number seven, I got Roy Campanella. You know, that's pretty self-explanatory. Mike already kind of went into it. Six, I got Bill Dickey, another old-time catcher, but was always there and just always did his job and was a big part of a lot of those teams. Yeah. Um, number five is Gary Carter. Mike had him at number five. Yeah. So uh, we were right on the ball there. <laughs> uh, multiple positions, the heart and soul of the Mets, great for the Expos. You know, what was his nickname, the kid or something like that or, or something like that? So, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Something with, you know, because he was always energetic and running around, maniac and... 
it's a shame that we lost him a couple of years ago. Yeah. But um, great player. And uh, really, he fit that Mets pinstripes. Yeah, he did. Even he fit the Expos, you know, but the Mets pinstripe with the with the little orange and blue stripes on the side just kind of fit Gary Carter. Made him really look uh, like, he, you know, he belonged there. Yeah, I agree. Um, number four, Carlton Fisk. Even though I, I always thought, even as a kid, I was like, he's only remembered for that one home run he waved at fair. I mean, she's probably his most famous moment, but he uh, is obviously memorable for a lot of other things. But um, great player, great offensive catcher. Mm-hmm. That's what he was. He was a great offensive catcher. And yeah. the home run wave and a fair, I mean, it's iconic. Yeah. Um, caught by accident, you know, if you know that story. Yeah. Um, but great, you know, an iconic moment and a great catcher and rivalries he had with some of the other great catchers in his era. But a uh, great catcher there. Number three, Mike, I'm dad towards the bottom, Yadier Molina. I got him three. People are probably thinking of crazy. He's, I think Yadier Molina is the greatest defensive catcher of all time. I take him over anybody defensively. Um, arm, knowledge of the game, blocking the ball, everything. It's just always the same. Always the same. You never got to worry about it. Toughness, uh, you know, the behind the, throwing the ball back to first base, snap throws, getting the guys out, throwing the ball in the money to second base, getting them out. The intensity when needed, mm-hmm. um, the ability to calm a pitcher down, the ability to, to talk to an umpire without noticing and getting that call. He, defensively is the greatest catcher and that's what bumps him way up offensively he worked offensively to make his game so much better yeah he used to be not a great offensive catcher decent not great he made his game 270 280 290 hitter with home runs RBIs he comes up in the biggest moments and gets hits um, I think he's uh, if it wasn't for such a storied franchise with the Cardinals he would be one of the one of their greatest players oh yeah sure uh, multiple champion and always came up in big spots um, I love Yachty. Like I said, I think he's the greatest defensive catcher of all time. And I got him three. Mm. Uh, two, Yogi Berra. Um, you know, they say he was pretty good, huh? Yeah, I'll <laughs> say. C- commercials back in the day and uh, icon and, mm. and, you know, uh, pop culture and all that kind of stuff. Yogiisms and all that crap. He, he was just always around. Yeah. Um, a big icon. Uh, kind of like a, uh, Joe Namath for football. Was Yogi for baseball, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, always had these crazy things that never made sense, and that's his yogiisms. But obviously, he's fantastic. I don't could go into much Yogi Berra. You know, he's ten fingers, ten rings. So yeah. Um, number one, Johnny Bench. He's the greatest catcher of all time. The iconic, iconic image, uh, the big red machine, was because of Johnny Bench. Sure. Consistency, always played the toughness. He really brought the toughness to that that Reds team. And again, I think he kind of settled down that Reds team, similar to what Thurman did for the Yankees in those times, because you had some guys on the Reds, who does everyone want to talk about, and I wouldn't talk about it. And then you always had that building block, that foundation was bench. Yep. And he just was an iconic definition. You go to the catcher, it's Johnny Bench. Mm-hmm. I think even if you go to baseball books, you look, and it's like, oh, catcher, I'd say, your first picture is going to be Johnny Bench. Sure. So that's why you put him on there, and he's, I think he's the greatest catcher of all time, and you you know, you go into some of the stats with the war and stuff, it shows. Yeah, he had, it was like, Yogi Berra, we have at number two, he had like a 50... 50 something war and benches was like 80. Like it was like, and he's like leagues above basically everyone else at catcher, you yeah, know, that I, defensive prowess and the, and the offensive, yeah. you know, and I think his offensive statue goes average was kind of low, but his offense was, he's probably second best offensive catcher of all time. Top three. Yeah. Gotta be, gotta be top three at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can say, well, his average kind of dip, like I said, late in his career, you know, you kind of same thing with Mickey Mantle. I think he ended up with like a two ninety nine average well, yeah. his last year or two. He kind of killed his 300 chance, but mm-hmm. that's kind of what bench did. But bench was, uh, the key to the Reds, uh, he was the Reds. And you still see him in commercials and, and doing stuff. And he's had some issues <laughs> throughout his years off the field. But uh, he's a, he's a, he's just a great uh, – he's a, he's a definition of catcher. 
Yeah, I think you're going to find most lists have bench at number one and Yogi at two or vice versa if you want to go that route. Um, he's definitely top two. Oh, sure. I think if he's not top two, it's a outlier list, essentially. Yeah, even if, you, even if you have him at three. Like, yeah. Or some sort of real detailed analytic thing. Yeah, that's the thing, too. I think the, he's got to be number two. Top two on probably 98% of the list. And top top three on 99.9. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, even, you know, because there are guys that are analytical darlings that people love to say, oh, they're, they're good because their X war on a Tuesday was good. You know, like <laughs> crazy analytic stuff. But I think Johnny Bench is even with that stuff, I think, is number one. I think he's got to be. I think this is a pretty uniform thing, him and Yogi. Um, I, You know, your argument with Pudge and Piazza is, is justified. I, I've heard that argument from many of baseball people, so it's not, like, out of nowhere. So that I could see why you wouldn't have him. I have him 3-4. Uh, you don't even have Piazza, which is – it's funny because my number four is Piazza. You don't have him. My number four on my starting pitching was Pedro. You didn't have him. So it's just something With my similar no- reasons. Yeah, it, it's, it it's probably just about the same reason, especially because uh, – I know Pedro, the difference was kind of Pedro had a little bit smaller of a window of the good years where Piazza did have the career, but his defense was, at least for you, carried him a little lower. But other than that, we both got Carter at five. Um, I think that's kind of where he kind of slots in with a lot of the other guys. Uh, big difference, uh, I'd say you had Yachty at three, I had him at ten. I think by the time his career is over, I think he will jump Bill Dickey and Maurer and probably Mickey Cochran on my list. By his time his career is over, because he's probably got, what, two, three years left? And <laughs> if I had to guess, they're going to be productive years. So ask me again in two or three years. We'll see where he's at in my list. Um, he may even he may even jump Yogi on your list. I don't know. That's pretty uh, that's pretty high acclaim, but you never know. So that's our catching list. I don't know if you want to mention anything else before we move to first baseman. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. I think uh, the catcher list is similar. Not, not quite similar to DH, but the bottom five, four or five, guys on the catching list are, are kind of muddied and kind of be, you know, swapped in and out. I think a lot of lists, but yeah. I think your top five for the most part, four of them are kind of settled in stone. Yeah. Yeah. Cause my, after Carlton Fisk, my seven, eight, nine and 10, I didn't really, there's kind of a drop off. I didn't really know where to go, but I thought that, uh, including Maurer and, and Yachty for kind of more modern, uh, catchers I thought was, was appropriate. At least, you know, you got to at least mention, I think at this point, Maurer and, I found a lot of lists with Posey at 10, 9, 8, something like that. I just, I think that's a bit much. His career fell off. Yeah, that's that's the thing is, is if he, not, because you, you can't expect a 34, 35-year-old or, you know, the the guys that you get to a point in your career where you just can't have the same stats as you did when you were 29, 30. But, I mean, he really fell off a cliff, I think, statistically, and I think his career. Early on. He was still young. Yeah, he's his still, numbers, yeah. His numbers yeah. down. You never know. He could have a resurgence. The list could totally change. That stadium I mean, is very tough to do it. Yeah. But you never, I mean, you never know. You can't count it out. But uh, the way his career is going and looking at all his stats, I mean, yeah, he's good. Granted, it for a catching no position. And World Series and rookie of the year and MVP. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. He's got the accolades. Like four years. And then after that, it was like, well. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I could see, I, I could see him putting maybe, maybe at 10, but yeah. I think that's a bit much. And the thing with him, and I always. Always disliked with Poster Posey when he got ran over, and it was a half-ass play that got ran him over, and he broke his leg. That changed baseball forever. Yeah. And now we can't hit the catcher at the plate, and I think that really hurt baseball. Mm. I think it really does hurt baseball. No one knows the rules now, and not that it was his fault, but he was the one involved, and that always just bothered me. Yeah. 
Yeah, he got his. <laughs> he got pretty banged up. I think he got his like his leg. Yeah, I was gonna say like really first couple weeks of the season. Yeah, and to the it was one of the seasons where it's like you're kind of looking at Posey, like especially if you're a fantasy guy, Posey is like the catcher right now in the league. So oh, that yeah. that hurt him too. First round pick. Yeah. For his position availability as a catcher, and then obviously his offensive stats was 300, averaging 20 home runs and yeah on a World Series bound team. Yeah, which for a catcher, I mean, you continue that for a good portion of your career, and you're headed right to the Hall of Fame. You know, yeah. Yeah. so uh, we'll see what happens the rest of his career. But for now, I can't I can't put him on my list. So let's move on to first baseman and a monster position. Yeah, this is this um this is a tough position for me to rank. Uh, my my top twentieth best first baseman. And I'm smiling ear to ear. Yeah, yeah. The, That's how the, deep this position is, and a lot of other positions are going to get there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Um, I think right field and center field, I think, are going to be fun too. In that in that regard, just like, like the same. Pitcher was. Yeah. Um. So first base is a little tough for me personally. Um. I, I you probably had a little bit of a tough time with it too, but, um, my four honorable mentions I got here are Willie Stargell, Pops. Just gotta love him. Right below him is Harmon Killebrew. This is in no particular order, by the way. This isn't like 11 through 15 or whatever. But uh, Harmon Killebrew, what hurt him for my list was, yeah, he has a lot of home runs, but low average. Kind of kind of an all-or-nothing kind of guy. Just didn't really... I believe he has the lowest average in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, just below our buddy Ray. Yeah, oh, my God. But he yeah. does have the lowest, I believe. Yeah, which um, it just... It was tough. And his war isn't insane so no, for me it was defensively was very good over it, there but, exactly um, so could he mash the ball yeah. yes yeah you needed a ball to go out of the yard yeah he's your guy he really should have if you really could have you could have put him at dh if we really wanted him but first base is at the time it's we had to stick him and he was okay over there yeah um hank greenberg which uh if you look at a lot of lists for some reason he's like like top top like tippy top like i've seen some lists with him at like the top three top five and i'm like well, I believe he's also what the the Jewish Babe Ruth or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, his impact on um, baseball, um, in that aspect, for his, uh, you know, uh, background or, or demographic, whatever you want to yeah. kind of explain it, I think that helps him too. That's a good a point. Yeah, uh, but it, statistically, you know, I just I couldn't put him on my list. Uh, that may there may be even some listeners that are like, what? How do you not include Hank Greenberg? But uh, it's just meh. Yeah, you got um, two to here today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then my last honorable mention is Will Clark. I think Will Clark uh, is just not talked about enough. Clark. Um, and he did have some pretty damn good stats, just not enough for the list, but he had, he, I think he's worth mentioning. I just don't think he, for some people, he put up the first baseman numbers. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the problem. Like, like Keith Hernandez kind of thing. I was just going to mention like Keith Hernandez where it's like, you don't, you know, you kind of want your, your first baseman to be kind of a mid to high average, you know, high home run RBI Three, guy, four you know? Hitter. Yeah. Exactly. You know, five hitter if you got a deep lineup. Yeah, which, you know, a lot of these guys you'll see on our list kind of fit that mold. So, yeah. Um, scary looking. <laughs> yeah. Number 10, though, to break the mold of that, to break into the list, I have Todd Helton at number 10. Love Todd Helton. Yeah. I one mean, we're fair players. Yeah. So I, really I knew so. you were, I knew that was going to make you smile. I, I had him in my top 10. But, man, he had some really good stats. You go look well, at Todd Helton's Colorado, career. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. That's, what, that's why he was a 300 average on the, on the road. Yeah. <laughs> But no, you you go look at Todd Helton's stats, and man, he's he's. I think he's he doesn't crack a lot of top ten lists that I saw, but man, I think he deserves it. Yeah, he's right outside it. Yeah, he's that's like, um, defensively one of the best. Oh I'll, yeah, I'll tell you, he's one of the best defensive uh, first baseman, mm. one of the better ones, mm. probably one of the best we've ever seen mm. right, in the last twenty five years or so. Mister Rocky. Yep. I think mm. you know, um, almost bad four hundred. What he did with that Rockies team in what oh seven. Yeah, when they won like twenty eight games out of like thirty two mm-hmm. to get to the playoffs is 
unheard of. Yeah. The amount of games and stuff he played for the Rockies. He is the Rockies. Um, and he's and then he has that great goatee. Yeah, yeah, um, like an iconic look. Yeah, and then that play, remember, where he wasn't even close to first base and the umpire called him out because it was the perfect angle. I always remember that yeah. late in his career in the replay. <laughs> but yeah, as a hitter, I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. I mean, he almost batted 400. Yeah. Like twice. Mm-hmm. Like he batted 380, I think, or 379. Something like that, yeah. Like, oh, Yeah, he's, he was fantastic. I can see why you w- people wouldn't put him on the list. It doesn't surprise me, but I just, after kind of digesting some of these other guys' stats, I mean, like, man, he's he was really good. Yeah. And impact for his franchise mm-hmm. is off the charts. Yeah, yep. So you, you kind of look at, I mean, yeah, you know, he doesn't have the World Series or whatever. You know, if say he, he's on a team where they win two World Series or so, maybe then again he gets looked at again. Maybe that's maybe that's the difference yeah, in well, factor. it's not that Colorado. Oh, yeah. stats are inflated. That's a bunch of crap. Yeah, maybe you stick him on the Yankees and his, and he could be fifth on this list. You know, he it could, could have 500 home runs. Yeah, that's, put yeah. Him at Fenway, he's bat- he, if you put him at Fenway, he's batting 400. Yeah. <laughs> That's damn sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I got number 10, Todd Helton. Uh, right above him at number nine, I got Eddie Murray. I mean. <laughs> These young men. I know. Oh. One of the best switch hitter of all time. Uh, 3,000 hits. I believe he has over 500 home runs, right? 521, I believe. I think he's, what, second all-time switch hitting home runs? He's got it. I know he's got it. Mantle passed I was going to say, him and Mickey Mantle. He but like 521, and Mantle was like 536 or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You look at his WAR; it's not outstanding, especially cause you'll my top three uh, first base in the oh. WAR is, is off the charts. <laughs> yeah, well. It's off the charts, but I mean, man, I, I I even seen some lists where he wasn't even. I seen a list where he wasn't even top fifteen. I'm like, how do you? That's not that's not even that's not even real. Like, how do you three thousand hits, five hundred home runs? How do you? I switch don't know. I, I know the first base kind of loaded position, but man, yeah, switch, switch hitter. hitter, yeah, switch hitter. So uh, Most Eddie Murray games ever played at first base, Eddie Murray. Yeah, remember that. Yeah, so. So which I mean he 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 was awesome, More great Jeffy. player. I believe he was the player you mentioned la- uh, our last episode with him and Goose Gossage. He yeah. stayed in the box. Yeah, and with uh, that big mustache and that oh that he was he yeah. was a, a, another one kind of iconic iconic image for first base. Mm. That strong, that that mean, you know he and and what he meant again what he did for the Orioles in those years. I mean he was the meat of the Orioles. Yeah. He's exactly what made the Orioles good offensively. They're like, okay, we're just going to – here he comes. All right, there he goes. There's our runs. Yeah. There's your Earl Weaver, three-run home runs. Yeah. The, that's why There's you your had, guy. That's yep. why you had Eddie Murray because he was going to hit a home run against a lefty, a righty. You know, if you threw with your glove, it didn't matter. And mm-hmm. then you got down to first base, he was just going to look mean. He didn't say nothing to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with all that. He he was uh, – he's awesome. Um, I love Eddie Murray. You know, it's funny on my list. You have a guy like that, and he's number nine. It's like you, you know, you're in for it with a list. You know what I mean? Number eight, I got Jim Tomey, part of the 600 home run club, and Hakeem keep him off. Uh, buddy Dom's favorite player. That's his favorite player, Good and reason. yeah, for I mean, he was such a polite, uh, kind, smart baseball guy. You know, strong you see him on country boy. My dad always said, yeah, just a strong like Midwestern farm boy or oh something. yeah That's... big he's a big boy yeah. um you know he's on lb network uh and he always offers good insight especially on hitting because you know 600 home runs yeah. i believe he, <laughs> um, um i believe he has some front office stuff too where i think the indians or the white Sox or twin i think it was one of those teams he had some some front office uh, work with yeah and um eh, there's always been some minor rumors with him coming into coaching which would Oh, would be great. Yeah, he'd be a great coach. He'd be a great hitting coach. He could he could do it all. Uh, he's a great player around baseball, and I would have him higher. But his uh, you know, his average wasn't tremendous. His his hit total and his WAR was kind of kept him a little lower. But I mean, six hundred home runs, man. That you got to give credit where credits due. There's only what nine guys that have done it, something like that. And how many? 
clean. Yeah, yeah. That we know or, of. Or that, you know. Relatively clean. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, in the two of the top four are, you know, big steroid guys, so. Yeah, what Sosa's on there. Sosa's on there, you know, and <laughs> it gets questionable. So, to have someone like that do it clean and such a good guy for baseball, you got to you got to have him on your list, in my opinion. Sure. Number seven, right above him, is Miguel Cabrera. Now, he was actually kind of my big surprise for the list. Uh, actually, other than one other guy I'll get to, but I did want to... I was going to have him lower on the list, even like 10 or something, because I do think he has good stats. But you look at his career stats, Miguel Cabrera's got some pretty damn good... He's been around a while, obviously. And you look at his career stats, and man, he... he, whew, he man, he's really good. Yeah, I mean, just that <laughs> just that alone. I mean, man, hasn't been done since, what, Mickey Mantle did it back in the 60s or whatever was the was the thing. Or whoever did it, but... Uh, what, Ted Williams, wasn't he the last one? On the AL? Maybe it was the AL. No. Oh, yeah, it might have been in... No. No, I, said, I think Ted Williams was the last triple crown. It could be. Uh, I forget, but... um, Actually, I'll look it up or right now while I keep talking. Um, it was full league triple crown. Like, full... full oh, yeah, because he... Crown. Yeah, because he did win the MLB triple crown. Uh, triple crown but... Um, that might have been it. I'm going to look it up right now while I'm talking, but he he's... You know his his career stats are pretty uh, pretty surprising because he's still playing and his last few years have been pretty lackluster at best. Um, he's had his moments, obviously still, but you know you look at his his um, you look at his career numbers and he's he's pretty uh, eye popping. Some of the stuff, especially uh, you know his WAR is pretty good too for a guy that's defensively is pretty uh, uh, pretty not great. And base running, yeah, and base running's you know but hitter, a very very clean hitter. Right field, left field, center field, power, you know. Yeah. Base hits when you need them and, and clutch. So. You, you were on the right track with the Triple Crown. Uh, the last guy to do it before him was Carl Yastrzemski. So you were on the right track with the Red Sox. But I think I'm trying to look at all league Triple Crown. They have AL and NL. But either way, uh, Mickey Mantle is on there at, in 56. Yeah, Mickey, uh, awesome player. You go look at his stats when you want to consider him now because his career is coming kind of in the twilight of his career. He's coming to an end. You want to look at some stats for him, consider him for Hall of Fame. I think he's he's a shoe in He came right up as a teenager and dominated and against Clemens. Clemens hated him because he was like seven, and he came in and was hitting home runs off him. Yeah, he's been in the league, what, like 18, 17 years, something like that. So, yeah. so he's been here a while. Above him at number six, you got Willie McCovey. Oh. Uh, just uh unbelievable player. I know Frank loves him. Yeah, he's hard to he's really hard to keep off this list and he's uh it's hard to it's even harder. I got him at six. It's hard to keep him off your top five, really, if I'm being honest with myself. Um but I mean great war, good defensive guy, a lot of power. Uh McCovey Cove is named after him. Stretch, I mean Stretch his nickname. Yeah. Smiling, the sideburns and Yeah. Um what he did for the the, uh, the Bay Area too, because not not an A's fan, but someone who uh, you know, one of his favorite, more favorite teams is the A's. You know, I like to look into that. And being a uh, football Raider, so they're in the Bay Area. William McCovey's uh, was like the man out there. What he did for the Bay Area and the people and um, and stuff was um, awesome. Mm-hmm. Off off the field, other than his one his one <laughs> issue, you want to look that up. But yeah. um, what is off the field? We did that for the people of the community and a community that still needs help was awesome. But I mean, oh my God, it's a player McCovey Cove and the, the the dominant lefty power hitter and big guy and. You know, you know they talk about Willie Mays and Willie Mays and Willie Mays. Well, yeah, Willie McCovey. Yeah, that's five hundred some home runs and yeah, the Willies. Know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, McCovey, uh, Willie McCovey. Not much uh, more to get into there. I'll let Frank talk about him in a little bit. Number five, I got Johnny Mize, who is for me, uh, other than Miggy, my big surprise for the list because I didn't even, I, you know, I know the name. Uh, you know, if you're a baseball a fan, he's kind of yeah, he's an older player. But when you look at his stats, I mean, war-wise, home run-wise, average-wise, RBI-wise, I mean, he was an unbelievable player. And I didn't even, 
again, like, you know, if you're a baseball fan, you kind of know the names, even if you're not familiar so much with the stats, you kind of in your head have like a ballpark area where they're kind of at statistically, but he kind of, uh, kind of opened my mind a little bit to, to a guy like him. Uh, he was really good. I, I recommend kind of looking up his stats and kind of digesting that a little bit. He was very good. Um, and you kind of find him on the top lists, uh, for a lot of lists, uh, right above him. I got Jeff Bagwell at number four. Now, Jeff Bagwell, uh, another guy, this whole list, I mean, if you took the war of this list and compared it to the other lists, it's like, it's, it's insane. Uh, but he had a great war, uh, a lot of home runs. I think it was 450, somewhere in that ballpark. Not quite, obviously, a McCovey or a Tomey or a Murray. Um, but 450, uh, really high average, a lot higher average than some of these guys. Uh, he um, actually has um, two. He has the most stolen bases in the live ball era uh, mm. at first base as a first base yeah he's got like 200 or something like that yeah, two, two or something. yeah. he has the most as a live ball not not all time because there's old guys who had a yeah. lot more but as a live ball era he has the most stolen base as a first base mm-hmm. which is which is um a talent or a skill that not many first basemen obviously have was being able to run so, yeah i mean he's yeah he could run you know you always have the the steroid question hanging over his head which i think hurts him a little bit in the consideration you do have to consider that i Never thought it was as egregious as someone like Pudge with the question because you can't really, you know, if he didn't if he didn't get tested positive with it, it's hard to, you know, Pudge is a little more obvious. Bagwell, you, you could make in your head, make it a little obvious, but to me, it was never Bagwell, really you put with Piazza. Maybe yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it, that's a good comparison because I mean, it's they like always went hand in hand. I think yeah. they always were hand in hand. Yeah, but ba- I always just thought Bagwell had a sweet swing and he always had iconic stance. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, iconic like crab stance you know uh he, killer bees with the astros yeah i believe it's biggio's birthday today yeah it is it Everybody is buddy joe's like <laughs> half related to the guy it's <laughs> a miraculous story that we're not going to get into yeah him and berkman and biggio and bagwell i mean what a lineup oh five what a team yeah yeah it was a great team then my top three which is where the war just gets off the charts stupid um <laughs> Number three, I got Jimmy Fox, um, who he was is, uh, is uh, yeah, he was all right, uh, who was yeah. a uh, legend around baseball, double X, he was considered, uh, he was kind of part of that, like, uh, era of Ruth, kind of that big, uh, strong, you know, lefty power guy, you know. He kind of uh, was like Bagwell, I feel like, kind of built the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was... Mixed between Bagwell and Boog Powell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 because... <laughs> Man, I mean, he had 500 home runs, had like a 320-something average, high RBIs, uh, his war was in the 90s. I mean, guy was just, I mean, obviously a different era. You got to kind of put maybe a little asterisk to guys like that. Kind of, But, I mean, Ruth played in that era, so it's kind of already, it's like that live ball era. So it's not like you're talking about Napoleon. Hitting. Yeah, you know, you're not talking about Nap Lajoie and, you know, Cap Anson and those guys. But, yeah, Jimmy Fox, just outstanding player. Uh, number two. Albert Pujols, which, I mean, at this point, he's just, what do you say about Albert Pujols anymore? I mean, golly, I mean, it's, you know, he's got the 600 home runs, got the 3,000 hits, right? Didn't he, oh, cr- yeah. he cross that threshold? Yeah. So 3,000 hits, 600 home runs right there. I mean, where do you even go after that? You, you don't even need to talk anymore. But I believe his war's in like the hundreds, 110 area. I mean, just off the charts. So, there, there, you know, there's not much more to get into him or my number one guy, Lou Gehrig. Uh, I think Lou Gehrig's best first baseman of all time uh his his war is even more off the charts like 120 or something like that iconic man around baseball um, iron horse. the iron horse he uh had that long streak that got broken by cal ripkin in consecutive games played uh we unfortunately lost him and and the, the disease garrett lou gehrig's disease named after him but around baseball i mean he's an absolute legend you know he was the hit leader for the yankees for a long time before jeter came along um hits home runs rbi 
war wise. I mean, and defensively he was he was good if you look at his defensive stats, which are you might have to take with a little grain of salt back then. But man, I mean, you talk about first base, you think about Garrick. You, th- you think about really these top three guys: Garrick, Pools, and Fox. In my opinion, so yeah. I, I kind of went on long enough with this list. Um, so I'm going to kick it over to you if you have opinions on mine or if you want to just break getting to yours. Yeah, uh, I mean, I got a lot of these guys. We have similar uh, on the list, so I'll kind of throw my little bit in because we kind of talked about them already. When you talked about them, it's hard for me not to say anything because a lot of these guys I really like. Yeah, we love these guys. So, but some honorable mentions I'll, I'm going to go through. First of all, <laughs> my first honorable mention is the crime dog, Fred yeah. McGriff. The Hall of Fame Fred McGriff. For whoever needs to hear that, 493 yeah. home runs to 500 does not stop someone from being a Hall of Famer, okay? Agreed. He's one of the greatest first basemen of his era, and he has a great nickname, mm-hmm. and he was fantastic, so stop it. Put him in. Break. So, <laughs> Agreed. He's an uh, honorable mention. Todd Helton. Love him. Where he went into that. Another one who goes hand-in-hand with Todd Helton, Paul Canerco. One of the better first basemen. You always see him in the, in the teens and all-time list. Somehow he fell off the ballot still. Yeah, it doesn't. I guess yeah. it doesn't matter. Great, probably the greatest White Sox. I mean, unless you count maybe Shoeless Joe, which some people don't even count. You know, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, he's definitely top three greatest White Sox of all time. Again, great goatee. Well, he did no five the Grand Slam. Um, getting hit in the face and staying in the game, hit home run later on. Mm-hmm. Later in his career, I'll never forget him yelling at Grant Balfour. He walked him. Grant Balfour was yelling at himself. He said, "What are you yelling at?" He started fighting. Mm-hmm. Love him. Walker <laughs> go great. I think he should be a Hall of Famer. I think he got a. Uh, he got kicked off way too early. Um, next honorable mention, Steve Garvey. Yeah, really Don't underrated. Really credits him, but um, definitely a higher up, you know, higher up first baseman. You know, not top ten, but you know, top twenty. You can arguably put him there. Sure. Um, Rafael Palmero, you know, flat out idiot. But um, <laughs> you know, if you go look at his stats, I mean, they're there. Yeah. I mean, it, you can argue him. He was yeah. a great hitter, but emphatically said he didn't take steroids, and three seconds later, they're like, you like. Here's the thing says you're dead. And he's like, oh, yeah. so uh, <laughs> got him on here. Uh, Jeff Bagwell, we already talked about. Uh, Miggy already talked about. So those are some guys I wanted to throw out there. Some of the guys on my list, I think, are uh, for the most part, they're, they're they make sense. Maybe a couple of them, maybe a touch higher than some people would have them. But uh, they're all they're all you know unbelievable players because mm. this is such a deep position. Um, and to start off, my number number ten is uh, Tony Perez, who. Me and Mike talked about earlier. I was like, well, maybe is he number 10? Should I keep him there? And then you look at his stats again, and you're like, yeah, no, he's yeah, He's there. Mm. Uh, you know, his war's pretty high. Um, a huge part of the big red machine. A big power hitter for them. And just always consistent. What do you have? Over 2,700 hits, you know, 300-something something home runs. You're just a consistent power hitter. You know, the type of first baseman you ask for. Maybe a touch you know, maybe a touch less home runs than people do at first base, but that's the kind of first baseman you want right there. It's always a consistent right in the middle of the order, doing his job, and just providing the boom in the yeah. middle of an order. Number nine, one of my favorite players, Willie Stargell, Pops. You know, we're going to come in, we're going to win the World Series this year, and I'm going to retire. Yeah. There, there, and there he goes. At the age of like 38 or 39 or yeah. 40 or something like yeah. that. The yellow jerseys with the conductor hats. and the, Oh, <laughs> he fit that perfect. But again, what he meant to that organization, it's Roberto Clemente, Willie Stargell. The sure. two most important pirates. And then there's a lot of space, and there's everyone else. Uh, Willie Stargell's a fantastic player. Hit a home run out of Dodger Stadium, one of the few people to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, a dominant power hitter. A yeah. dominant power hitter. Again, the big mustache. Kind of what you look for, that big power, strong guy at first base. That's what he was. That's what he did. Mm-hmm. And he held down first base for the pirates for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
uh, one of my favorite players to to look up and read about um, and watch you know videos on, and then just one of the best first basements um, and iconic what he did. Yeah. So, uh, number eight, a guy that no one really talks about, I think, is Orlando Cepeda. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, he just kind of similar to Tony Perez. He just did his job. He just always was there, mm-hmm. always doing his job. A great hitter, great player, consistent, day in, day out, year in, year out. Boom. Another yeah. one part of the, uh, the Giants, I believe he was there for a while. and I think, he, I think he even played with the Cardinals for a little while. I think he might have, yeah. I'm not but, sure. But um, great career. Again, I think he was kind of, he kind of ties pretty close to Tony Perez. I always felt they were kind of very similar. Um, I think he gets a little, they get a little less credit than they should, those two guys. Agreed. Like I said, these guys could easily have been in maybe the teens, but I just felt like they should, you know, what they did is they, they deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. And if you gave me this three months from now, they might not be on my top ten. That's yeah. how quickly these could change because it's such a deep position. Yeah, I wish I could make room for them on my list because they're yeah. that good. Yeah. Number seven is, uh, <laughs> I think, going to draw some people's attention. Um, and I have Mark McGuire. I forgot you got him. <laughs> Over 500 home runs. The Big Mac. He saved baseball. I don't want to get into this again because we did it a while ago. But he saved baseball. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you put it. I don't care. I know he took steroids. I know. And we... And that's why I got him seven. And that's why I argue with some of these guys and why we kind of lowered him because of the steroids. Um, he agree- he admitted he took uh, performance-enhancing drugs. He's trying to clean his image. He did clean his image for the most part. He, um, you know, still coaches in baseball. But he saved baseball. Him yeah. and Sosa. I don't want to not credit Sosa, but he, he saved baseball. The strike, all that. He came out and saved baseball. That documentary, Long Gone Summer, one of the best you're going to see. He was uh, just impacted the game at such a high level that he deserves to be there, even with steroids. Yeah. Without him, we're not having baseball. I don't know. They could put a statue in the Hall of Fame outside of it. I wouldn't argue it. That's yeah. how important he was to baseball. Yeah. Similar I to agree. Babe Ruth's impact after the White Black Sox scandal. You need those iconic players. And they always step up when you need them. And he was one of them. Yeah. And all, and then again, his numbers. I mean, he, he smoked the ball. Oh, yeah. Ball, five foot off the ground, it's 400 feet. Yeah. Crushed the ball. I mean, crushed them. Yeah. He came up as a big guy with mm. the A's and smashed home runs. That was before his, even steroids, you know, the era in, in the accolations and, or, you know, all that stuff. Then he got even bigger with some of the steroids and getting older. But, I mean, just uh, iconic. And I always liked Mark McGuire, but I think he deserves to be the top 10 for his impact on baseball. Yeah. And his numbers speak for themselves. Yeah. I mean, if you want just to, you know, because uh, obviously, you know, I didn't have my list, but the you know, the question of the steroid stuff, why people would keep him off his, off the list, but he, you know, the, the rookie home run, uh, record that judge broke not too long ago. And then P Alonzo broke, uh, just recently, uh, that went to Mark McGuire. So it wasn't like he just out of nowhere, just had the stupid power. He always had power, which people yeah. don't, you know, outpowered Canseco. Yeah. I mean, he can do that. McGuire mm-hmm. uh, impact on baseball is, is going to be credited. And I think it's working its way there. Cause he cleaned his image. And mm-hmm. that, that documentary came out. He's going to get his credit at some point. I don't know how long it's going to take. Yeah. He might have to be gone and, and uh, pass away before he gets his credit. But I think the steroids, everyone knows, you know, the damage they've done. But you know, these people still got to get credit. Um, and I think he's going to get his credit. And the people are going to really look at, man, did he save baseball. Uh, and I love Mark McGuire. And I just think that he was such an impactful uh, player in, uh, in the sport itself. Sure. That's why I had, yeah. you know, I had to put him there. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for steroids, he's up even higher because, I mean, uh, I think if you put, what do they say, if you have Bonds' uh, hit as many home runs at the rate McGuire did, Bonds would have like 
I think it was a thousand home runs, or like nine hundred and ninety home runs. Because McGuire was like, "Oh, home run, base hit, strikeout, strikeout, home run," mm-hmm. <laughs> and every at bat. Yeah, it was once or twice a game. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and what he went through to get to that record, when everyone knew he was going to break the record, like for three years, we're like, "He's going to break it. We just don't know when." Yeah. And he did it. Fantastic. Yeah, yep. um, sure did. So to get off of him, number six, Eddie Murray. Went into him, switch hitter, one of the best switch hitters of all time, arguably. You could argue maybe the best. First base, most games, um, Oriole legend. Again, big mustache, kind of fits that iconic first base look. Love Eddie Murray. Number five, Willie McCovey, stretch, McCovey Cove. Fantastic. I already talked about him. He's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I think an underrated legend to the game. Yeah. He gets mixed or missed and, and, and shuffled in. Until people really break you down or they're deep into the game, um, it kind of just gets shuffled and kind of, you know, muddled with him. Especially knowing, you know, he played with Willie Mays and people are like, oh, Willie Mays. Yeah, yeah. The other Willie guy. Yeah. He's not bad. Yeah, he's doing all right. He's hitting 500 home runs. Yeah. yeah crushing the ball. <laughs> yeah. You know, and smiling all up down the field. Yeah. Yeah. And stretch. Yeah. Uh, he really fit that. A yeah, lot of people did. get called stretch, but he, well, he's, he is stretch. Yeah. Like, that's the stretch. Mm-hmm. Sure. I <laughs> so, uh, gotta love him for that. Uh, number four, Jimmy Fox. As Mike would say, he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, again, just muscle man. And, you know, you take it, you know, he played for a long time ago. So his stats and stuff, some people put into question, some of them. But a great player. Uh, we already went over, you know, went over him um, as much, I think, as we can. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, number three, had him up the list a little higher. Jim Tomey. Dom, I got him three. <laughs> I got Mike beat. So make him happy. Me. Yeah, yell at yell Mike. But Jim told me 600 and what, 12 home runs? Yeah, something like that. I believe he has the most pinch hit home runs of all time. And I believe he has 100 home runs with four different franchises. Yep. It might even be five. I believe it's four, which is the only player to ever do that. Mm. Um, none of the kind of pinch hit home runs are a little bit bigger stat. I think the four, you know, 100 to four franchises is kind of like a you know, crazy stat, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But it's still very impressive. Yeah. And he impacted every franchise he went to. Sure did. Every franchise. The Twins, the Indians, the White Sox, you know, uh, the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Even Baltimore, he was there for a short period. It impacted them. People remember him, um, and, and they want him still there. And never forget the 600 home run he hit and, and how much impact he had. And, and um, Because, you know, he did it the right way. And he played kind of through that. And people always knew he did it clean. Never a question. And I always think that really stuck in people's minds. And they really liked him and gravitated towards him because he was that Midwestern kind of country boy, that farm guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just, you know, Country strong, yeah. He did the right way, and I think people really gravitated, you know, gravi- you know, gravitated towards that because of that, yeah. Um, and that's why I got him so high, and, and he's just a great guy. And he since was. his twelve home runs, yeah, you, know, you can't, you know, what's he fifth with the clean version? Yeah, on the clean list, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a great hitter, mm-hmm. like a two eighty hitter for most of his career, you know. And oh yeah, mammoth blasts. Oh yeah, Upper Deck at Yankee Stadium, over the restaurant at what Toronto. I mean, just mammoth shots. Mm-hmm. And he was just a nice guy. Yeah, that's true. One of the great uh, people around baseball. Yeah. Number two, I got Lou Gehrig. You know, his career got cut short a little bit because mm. he was old kind of when he, about 35, I think. When yeah, he, he was of, Yeah, he was already at the twilight of his career. But he, he lost a little bit of stats. Um, probably lost the 3,000 hits, probably. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. First base, he's unbelievable. You know, numbers he put up and, and playing every day and struggling through that disease. Um, actually bringing light to a disease mm-hmm. to help kind of get more answers that yeah. people don't really think about too much. As much as, you know, it, it, it's terrible that he had to go through that, 
for someone like that to kind of bring light to a disease like that to help similar to magic. Yeah. You know, it's terrible, but you know, at the very least to help bring light to a disease that people didn't really talk about. So, yeah. um, but his impact on the game, the memorable speech, what he did for the Yankees and one of the first guys to get the, the numbers on their jerseys. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is spot the order. That's why Ruth was three and Garrick was four. Yeah. Um, the thing I always thought with Garrick, though, is his stats better because he played with Babe Ruth. Yeah. Because Babe Ruth was so goddamn good mm-hmm. that you might have been able to put Ray Shock behind him. He might have been. He might have been better. Because <laughs> he was so goddamn good. He was like Jesus up there. Yeah. You know. So. So I don't know if Garrick's stats. I'm not saying Garrick's not good. Don't get me wrong. But you know, it, it's something to look at or, or think about. Yeah. Maybe his stats are a little bit higher. Definitely the Grand Slams because you're never going to pitch to Babe Ruth. Yeah, that's true. So that's why he has so many Grand Slams. Mm-hmm. Garrick, fantastic though. You know, I think he's kind of set in stone in the top two. I think everybody's list. Johnny Bench we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and my number one, flipped him on mic here, Albert Pujols. He's the best first baseman to ever play baseball, and it, it's I think it's simple reason why. His ten years. Oh my go god. Go look at his first ten years. His average, his average for his average average mm-hmm. was about three thirty. <laughs> he averaged about what? What was it? About 35, 36, 38 home runs, something like that. Something like that. And yeah. like hundred and ten RBIs. Yeah. That was his averages yeah. for his first 10 years. His first 10 years, he had 300 home runs, 30, I mean, not 300 home runs, 300 average, 30 home runs, 100 RBIs. His first 10 seasons, every single season. I think he was the only one or second one to ever do that. I think A-Rod might have done it as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he but did it. there's only two people, I believe. He, his first 10 years are the best 10 years that any, I think, that any baseball player ever had. You could maybe compare... Some numbers that Ted Williams have, or you know, he had, the, he had the break in between. You can maybe compare Babe Ruth because it's Babe Ruth, but you can't tell me that Pujols. You you can't argue that Pujols' ten years aren't better than anybody. You can argue it up and down. I think his ten years, what he did, it's unbelievable. It's yeah. unbelievable, and they didn't know what he was going to do with him. Mm-hmm. They drafted him. Should we draft him high? Should we not draft him high? Should we miss on him? You know, is his numbers um, inflated? Um, is, it, is his age? We don't know his age. Some people didn't know how old he was, how young he was. Um, then he came right in, came right up, playing left field because he had McGuire first base still, mm-hmm. smacking the ball. Then he played third base, and he played first base. Then he was a really good defensive first baseman for a while. As he got older, kind of with the Angels and some injuries, and you know his defensive stats went down. But for majority of his career, he was a dominant first baseman, and yeah. he played first base all the time. His impact on the Cardinals organization, again. If it wasn't for such a deep organization, he's probably the best player they've ever had. And even with that deep organization, he's probably top three. Yep. And Molina's top five. He's He was unbelievable. And he still is great. <clears throat> and another one who did it the right way. Yep. And up your hitter. Yeah. Right field, center field, left field, base hits, don't matter. Clutches players, one of them. Two World Series um, carry teams. Um, three home runs in the mm. World Series, you know, only done by, uh, what, four players five times because Babe Ruth twice, of course. Um <laughs> One of the few guys to do that, and you always knew he mean, he meant business when he shaved that goatee. Yeah, <laughs> in the middle of like June or so, and he felt good. He shaved that thing, and then he just go off. Oh, uh, <laughs> iconic stance mm. to kind of wind up there when you get into the box. A little half swings, just stand there, a little leg tap, just intimidating. I mean, intimidating. Yeah, one of the most intimidating batters I've ever seen in a box, and just uh, his numbers just speak for themselves and. Like I said, his presence. Um, a lot of things off the field, some organizations he does, donates to, um, home run derbies, and his postseason numbers, and beloved. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and, and Dominican player. Again, also the impact he has there. I love Arapuos. He's one of my favorite players. Um, and I think you can argue, again, you could probably argue he's he's one of the top 10 hitters of all time. Yeah. And you could probably argue he's not at the bottom of that top 10 list either. Yeah, I can see it. And I think he's the best hitting first baseman. I think he's the best all-around pure hitter baseball's ever seen. Yeah. he. Uh, you talk about mechanics, you know, with Pujols is hitting. Yeah. I mean, and man. And no big bat flips. The same hit it, slow, couple steps, mm-hmm. just toss the bat. Yeah. The same iconic, whatever you want to trot, and the not for nothing, the ball hit against Bradley is <laughs> still going. It's up on still the going. Astros railroad track oh up there. My God. It's going. It's it's orbiting. Yeah, it's just it, what he did. Big mm-hmm. Macland, it was coming down. McGuire was gone. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. You got to leave that there. Yeah, Blue Wolves is going to hit about seven of them up there yeah. a year. You got another big righty coming. <laughs> yeah, a monster man. And he did it the right way. And I, like I said, I think his 10 years are the best 10 years anyone's had base, played baseball. Yeah. Uh, I hope that he gets to 700. Uh, this 60-game season really hurt that. Not that he, you know, I think he's within 40. So you give him two years, 262-game season years, where he doesn't get seriously hurt. Which he avoids yeah. times, knock on wood. You know, I think he, he can get there. Uh, it depends on what he wants to do with his career. Say he rides out the end of this Angels uh, contract and he's done, which would be... More would, than enough. Exactly. You don't need to. You don't need anything you else to prove. You the Cardinals and retire, and you would still probably be my number one first baseman. Yeah. So you know, I, I do hope he gets that seven hundred. Would be nice to have another guy in that seven hundred club that's clean because the the top guy is farthest from clean uh, play. Um, so I would I would like to see. Uh, it would be awesome just to see someone get seven hundred that way in our lifetime. It'd be cool. Um, yeah. And, and I always said Babe Ruth was the home run king, even even when Hank Aaron passed him cleanly. But if Pujols passed him, Babe Ruth, I, I would give. I would say Pujols was a home run king. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna pass him though. But um, we'll see how long do, he plays. He's gonna break the RBI record. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. be the most RBIs ever. Yeah, I, I mean ever. Yeah, and I think he's gonna. You know, Hank Aaron played a long time. Oh a yeah, long time. Oh yeah, to get there. Pujols is gonna play quite a while to get there. But he's gonna break the RBI record. He's up on the runs record. He's up on the home runs record. He's over three thousand hits. One of the few. Home run hitters, I guess you could say. Big powers have 3,000 hits. He has the most home runs for a 3,000 hit player, I believe, right? I think so, he because, because I mean, think about it, you got Eddie Murray's up there and, and other guys, but, I mean, I don't think there's... Anyone has 660 home runs that has 3,000 hits. And he's got more than, he's got more hits than A-Rod, and A-Rod's got 696 home runs or something like that, right? He's got more hits than A-Rod, so he's got to be. I mean... Yeah, you don't even think about the hits list. He's at like 3,200-something. I mean, he's going to be at 3,400, 3,500, something like that. That's pretty high up the list. Yeah. If you look at the 3,000 hit list, pretty high up there. And people, you know, uh, you know, he's playing a while, and his career hasn't been that great in these last couple of years. Really, he's still at hitting 240, 245, 250. He's still hitting 20 home runs, 90, 100 RBIs yeah. as your DH. That's fine. Yeah. Is it Albert Pujols' numbers? Obviously not. Mm-hmm. But you look at those numbers, you'll take that. Yeah, it's really only, I'd say, his average getting hurt the most. Yeah. His home runs and RBIs are still going to be there. His on-base percentage his, throughout his career was never super high. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he just always hit the ball. I don't I don't know. And, and he get potentially walked. That's his, you know. So that's his on-base is still low now. His walk totals are still not that high. Didn't strike out a bunch. No. Um, that's the thing you start seeing now. A little bit more strikeouts. And his defense, obviously, has, has, has gotten uh, worse throughout the years because he's gotten older. He used to steal bases. Smart mm-hmm. base runner. Not mm-hmm. not. Sp- 
fast, super fast, but he was a smart base runner. Yeah, which is big. And, and like I said, he was just uh, the machine. Great nickname. Mm. He fit perfect for him. Mm. He's just a, a great player, and I love Albert Pujols. And I, he's number one on my first base list, and I don't know what else you can, <laughs> yeah. you can even say for him. It's just, uh, you know, I hope he gets the RBI record. I, I still hope he gets the home run record. I hope he plays forever. Mm. <laughs> and the only thing he hurts with him keep playing and playing and playing, he's going to he's gonna drop under 300 career batting average. And his war might drop under 100 too, which would be a shame. Yeah, and under 300 career batting average is a real shame for a guy who was just unbelievable. So, same with Mickey Mantle. It's going to be like that, where it's like he dropped under 300. And he's like, it just, it just hurts. Yeah, he just couldn't hold on to that. It's like someone threw a rock and just clunked you in the head. Not a big one. But a small rock, and you're like, that just bothered me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bothered me that he's not 300. Yeah, so that's what it is with him. But <clears throat> Albert Pujols, that's yeah. my number one. And I don't know. You can argue with me all you want. You can put whoever you want there. But I got him at number two. You ain't going to hear much from me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you're making a team. I'm taking Albert Pujols. Yeah. Give me, give me, give me Babe Ruth and Albert Pujols. I'm going to be all right. Yeah, everything's going to be fine. I'm going to hit quite a lot. Listen, between Gehrig and Pulhos, you got top two guys. You got a 100 and, or I'm sorry, a 215, 220 war. That's fine. <laughs> you yeah. get take their careers and put, put them together and add them together. That's pretty fine. I mean, he has, <laughs> you want to go that route. I mean, he's got, what, 40 war above my, what, 10th all-time first baseman I have on my list? Yeah, something like 40 that. 40 wins above him. Yeah. I mean. That's no replacement. That's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So hey, he's he's a hundred win season above a replacement player, and you had Jim Tomey at uh at number three. He's he's twenty, about twenty seven wins higher than Jim Tomey. So uh, he's you, literally from making you almost a hundred loss team, you know, to a playoff team. Yeah, to one of the best teams in the league. And yeah, you want to like kind of you know mess with numbers and make all that cra- you know crazy stuff happen. Mm. That's just to my third guy on my list. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not going to hear much of a complaint from me, but that's uh, that's our uh, first base lists. So we just to recap, we went over DH catching at first base. Uh, I think our top for the lists, uh, I believe we agreed on two of the top, the number ones, and then first base we didn't agree on, but we were one and two. Um, so not super controversial stuff here, which is good. Um, I'm I'm not really gonna, you know, with these lists it's kind of hard for me to really. I don't think there's anyone on either of our lists that is going to be like, why him? What are you out of your mind? Like Ray Shock? What are you, yeah. stupid? <laughs> there's a few people that go, eh, a little high, or why'd you leave him off? Or, but you can make that argument and not, you know, be wrong. Yeah. Or not going to be out of your mind. You're yeah. Like, All right, I get you. Yeah, unless you're someone that uh, really values or doesn't devalue the steroid stuff, or if you're someone that just completely disregards stats and you're just like, hey, I thought that, I think Posey's number one because I like Posey, you know, unless you're someone like that, but. Or you're just um, downright analytical. Yeah, which. That which could just throw some things off. Or even position wise, you put someone at a different position, you could throw a list off too. Yeah, yeah. But the, the analytical stuff, I've seen some crazy lists from uh, Bill James, who's the originator of the analytic stuff. He's on LB Network often. And sometimes you look at his top 10 list and you're like, what? Why? You know, <laughs> I don't know. That's a whole different breed of, of baseball fans. I'm not going to disregard it because it is there. But uh, you got to take what's good and you take what, you know, you take what makes sense and you take some of the other stuff. You're like, all right, you're getting a little crazy. Yeah. A little out there. You still do have to look at the guy. I yeah, think you still got to watch the game. Yeah. It's yeah. Not yeah. Like, oh, 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 look, X and O's. Yeah. Com- you know? The computer's deciding it. Yeah. Yeah. It gets a little crazy. But, so. um, yeah, that's our lists. Um, 
unless you got anything else to add to some of these lists, uh, you can get on with nah. the trivia questioner. I said enough with our, our list here, but to get to the best part of the show, the trivia question. And, uh, of course, I'm going to try keeping it pretty, uh, you know, updated with the episode we're on. Mm-hmm. So, the trivia question this week is, who has the most stolen bases as a designated hitter, as a DH? It's a good uh, question. And it's surprising because DH, you know, you're old, you're whatever, you're big, you're slow, you're hitting the ball, you're whatever you are, you're you're banged up. Even if you're a fast guy, you're kind of banged up, so they're trying to, you know, spell you some time. So, it's a weird position, but the, the most stolen bases for a DH all time is Hal McCray. And he yep. only has 109. Yeah, which is the 109. It's like, yeah. ugh. And I think the active leader going into this year was Otani with 22. My God. So, not much at a DH position. But that's no. her, and that's kind of surprising. Because I always never never really thought too much of Hal McCray as a DH mm-hmm. like full-time. But then I more more looked up and I'm like, yeah, he did. So, to see him, so he's got the most stolen bases at DH all time. 109, Hal McCray. You'd think someone at some point is going to come along and steal 200 bags or something like that. Just something, not even a crazy number. Just well, I mean, you know. Otani keeps going at the rate he's going. He'll have 200 or so. That's true. Yeah, hopefully he can. Or if he yeah becomes less of a pitcher, more of a hitter, you should definitely get it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I kind of, like I said, I wanted to kind of keep it with um, our positions here. I also sprinkled in some other facts, like Eddie Murray in the games at first base. Tried to sprinkle in a couple other uh you know, facts Yeah, the episode to go along with it. But this was our trivia question for the week. So. Yeah, it's a good one. I uh, I think the only reason I guess is because I had Hal McCray on my list. So I was like, I was looking, I'm like, who would be a speedy guy? I'm like, meh, him, <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I didn't think it was that low, but. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't going to be Cecil Fielder. No, it sure wasn't. Or Giambi. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> Canseco or Adam Dunn. Or, no. Even though, hey, don't get me wrong, Adam Dunn, 21 stolen bases in one year. Yeah. 62 in his career. Look it up. Go ahead. <laughs> so I'm gonna go get me started. Yeah. Sure, hell wasn't gonna be V Mart. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, so, but uh, yeah, that's a trivia question. So just keep you on your toes out there. Yeah. Um. All right. That that's uh all I got for this episode. I thought it was good. Um. Do you have anything that you want to mention at the end here, or anything you want to yeah, lead off with? I think we're pretty much yeah. I think next week is uh what the middle infield, second and short. Uh yeah, we got second and short coming next episode. Yeah. That should be a mess. Yeah. That should be kind of similar to your catchers, your DH, not quite DH, but catcher role where it's like, eh, top couple, yeah, and then like, mm-hmm. <laughs> some yeah. old guys you're going to see yeah. on these lists for sure. So that should be fun. Should mm-hmm. be a little bit more crazy episode. Um, but other than that, that, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, one bit of news we throw out there, uh, the Cleveland Indians are dropping their team name after the 2021 season. It will not be the Indians anymore. If I had to put my vote in one would be for the Cleveland Spiders the original name mm-hmm. um, which was I believe the worst sports franchise by percentage win percentage of all time so awful be careful yeah with that. but um and Spiders are terrible so wouldn't really want to be <laughs> team name Spiders but so they're dropping their team name of the Indians um, they already dropped Chief Wahoo they're going to retire the Chief Wahoo but yeah so look for a team new team name maybe even an announcement soon about that yeah about a possible new name but the team name is going to stay through this next year which makes sense because COVID's still kind of going on. So mm-hmm. they got to change the stadium. You got the, the Indians thing on the scoreboard. You got to change that. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to kind of make an announcement now and make adjustments other than kind of what uh, Washington had to do with the football team when they kind of had to make it on the go. On the yeah, fly. I think the difference here is that the, the Washington football team, the Washington Redskins at the time, they lost a lot of sponsorships. I think Nike dropped them as sponsors, stopped their sponsorship, and, and they lost a lot of money. So it was, on yeah. the like you said, on the fly. They had to, yeah. they had to get their sponsors back. the Indians have worked – together yeah. and they've done things progressively you know 
working towards this compared yeah. to like the, the at the time the Redskins who were just kind of shut down, shut down, shut down, and then it was like, well, it's either uh, no team or you know change it. Yeah. Where the Indians are like, hey, we're working with you. Yeah. So not a huge fan of that. Um, I think they should have kept the team name 105 years. You know, they got rid of Chief Wahoo. Uh, I can you know I can understand that at, at points, but I don't think the you know the team name is is a a terrible thing, especially because the point of it was to honor. You know the, the tribes that were there, but um, you know I hope they if they're gonna get rid of it I hope they get with something crazy, mm-hmm. something fun, or I hope they go you know original and go with the spiders that's fine too, or just get something just crazy out there. Yeah, like it gets like the Cleveland Gritties or something out there. Oh my god, around something crazy. Yeah, something imaginative. Yeah, so um, that's really a bit of news. There's been some signings and stuff, but we're gonna get into that in, in weeks and weeks from now. So I don't want to. Yeah, nothing extend, major, no power. This, yeah, no, I don't want to extend this episode any longer. <laughs> Then it's got to be. So yeah, um, just one final thing before we go. Uh, we're going to be off next week, as we were, you know, we've been saying. So next week is Christmas. Uh, um, Christmas. So I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah to anyone that's out there and they're celebrating Hanukkah right now. Just Happy Holidays in general, whatever you're celebrating. But uh, yeah, big Christmas, big one next week that we're going to miss. So I want to hit everyone with that. Uh, Merry Christmas, and we're going to be back for just before the New Year. So uh, you know when we get there. So, yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone, and Happy Holidays. Hope everyone's enjoying, and if you're in the, especially if you're in the northern states in the United States, uh, hopefully you're not getting snowed on too bad. Um, we're expecting some snow here in Jersey, and, and up north New Jersey and New York is going to get hit pretty good, I think. But, uh, yeah, you got anything else that you want to... No, no, that's pretty much it. It's, it's a good call there. I kind of <laughs> I forgot about that, but, yeah, uh, Christmas is coming up, so Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Enjoy the holiday season as best you can. Um, New Year's rolling around. Um, hopefully, New Year will turn some pages here as we're kind of closing in on some sort of COVID closure yeah. <laughs> or finish line or whatever you want to say. Yeah, I got some vaccines people are taking, so yeah, it's good so stuff. so hopefully we're kind of back to normal in the 2021 <laughs> future. But uh, yeah, Christmas is coming up, so Merry Christmas to everybody. Enjoy the holiday season. Uh, finish up your, your ordering of your Christmas gifts online because not many people are going out shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and just uh, enjoy the time. And uh, remember that uh, baseball is coming back soon, and uh, we'll always be here to talk about it. Yeah, we'll we will definitely be back. We'll be back in two weeks uh, before uh, before New Year's. So um, until then, you can listen to this podcast on Google Podcasts as well as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can uh, listen to this episode every week on our regularly updated YouTube channel as well as our website screwball.podbean.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Mike Lepree. You can follow me on Instagram at Mike Lepree. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at AlphDubs10. You can follow our official Screwball Twitter at ScrewballPod. You can follow our official Screwball Facebook at ScrewballPod. No Ian Screw. And that's it from us, guys. We'll see you next week. Yep. Take care.